Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shalene Show. My name is Shalene Johnson. I'm your host. And today, I have allowed my podcast to be taken over by my favorite financial expert, my husband, Brett. Now, in full disclosure, he's not a financial advisor or a financial consultant like professionally. He's just made it his job. And I think probably a lot like many of us, he's basically given himself a degree in education in finance out of interest and passion and necessity, right? Don't you feel like there's so many things you didn't learn in college, you didn't learn in school that you've since become kind of an expert at because you're passionate about it because there was a need to do that? Well, that's Brett's perspective. So I want to say that first. And the reason why I wanted to just turn it over to Brett is because, well, number one, I didn't want to interrupt him and I have a habit of doing that. Number two, because I think his advice is really important for anyone to hear, especially if your goal is to work a little less. You know, Brett's objective is to have our money make us money so that we don't have to work so hard, so that we don't find ourselves in the position many of our friends are in where they're saying yes to kind of creepy, I don't know, weird opportunities that they really don't want to be a part of. They really don't want to do it, but they're saying yes because they have a scarcity mindset. Like there's this fear that the opportunities are going to run out. And someday the opportunities may run out. That's why we really try to focus not on like, okay, where's the big dollar? But what is it we want to do that gives us joy, that fulfills our passion, that allows us to work less so we can spend more time with each other and with our kids? And one way that he does that is by focusing I don't know if he's going to mention it in this episode because I haven't even listened to it yet. I just want you to know that I trust him and he knows a lot more about this than I do. But one thing he does every single day, I wake up and I listen to podcasts and trainings on marketing and business. He does the same thing, but his revolves around financing and investing and ways that you can just be smart with the money that you have so that you're not losing money and so that eventually you get to a place where your money is making you money. So I'm just going to turn it over to him, my handsome husband, the guy who makes a cup of coffee better than anyone I know, Brett Johnson. Hi, my name is Brett Johnson, and today I'm going to take over Shalene's podcast, and we're going to talk about something that I'm responsible both for our business and also for our family, and that is our finances. I am going to teach you some of the tricks that I use to make our money grow. In fact, I'm going to give you six tips today, plus a bonus. Yes, six tips plus a bonus that you can get started right now, today, right after you get done listening to this. So let's jump right in. The first tip I'd like to talk to you about is called a season of savings. And what that means is I'm going to want you to go wherever you keep your credit card statement, wherever you keep your bank statements, I want you to go and pull one month of those out, just one statement out. What you're going to do is, you know, schedule out an hour of time where you can go through that itemized statement and really take a look at everything that you're spending money on. So if you own a business, like all the vendors that you're using, especially those reoccurring payments that you're like, every single month you're seeing the same payment and say to yourself, am I using that 
whatever it is. You know, am I still using that monthly service or can I cancel that and then save that money so that I can invest it? I'd like to tell you a story. As a CFO, I do this every quarter. So my season of savings, I do this once a quarter. So every quarter, I take one statement and I go in there and I make sure that all the vendors that we're using, we're paying them what we've negotiated, we're paying them. I also take a look at all of our monthly expenditures because a lot of times, let's just say, for instance, it's January and we sign up for a service that we don't really like and it's a month to month. And then all of a sudden you forget to cancel it. And then, you know, December comes around and your accountant or you're looking back at this and you're like, oh my gosh, I just paid 10 extra months of that, you know, $29.95 or $49.95. And I stopped using it. I didn't like the service. I just forgot to cancel it. And if you don't go and revisit your statements and look at those vendors, you're going to be out that money. So, The reason why it is important to look at your credit card statement or your bank statement is because a lot of times when you see those reoccurring payments, if you wait too long, you forget even what they are. But if you keep it fresh in your mind and you do it once a quarter, they're going to be fresh in your mind. You're going to be able to go, hey, I don't need that service anymore. I'm cancel that service and then therefore save that money. The other reason why you want to look at your credit card statement, not just for those monthly subscriptions, but also for vendors. So now I'm talking to those business owners out there that you're paying for a service or you're paying for a product or you're paying for anything that's reoccurring. So you're always paying X amount for your CRM. You're paying X amount for your whatever service it might be. I don't know your business, but whatever service it might be. And there's sometimes there's opportunities where you can reach out to a customer service account manager at that specific business and say, hey, I'm paying you, let's just say hypothetically, I'm paying you $300 a month. What if I gave you a year deal where I'm going to pay you for the year up front? Could you cut that price? And a lot of times they want your business because now they're thinking like, wait a second, this person's shopping. Of course I can do that. I can reduce your bill to, you know, if you're going to pay up front $150 a month times 12. And now all of a sudden you've saved that much money and you can use that to, you know, either reinvest in your business or what I would like you to do is take that money and make it grow. What I mean by that is I want you to put that into your investment portfolio, your financial portfolio. That's where I want you to take that money. So let me tell you a quick little story about how you can save a lot of money by making sure that you're looking at your statements quarterly and looking at those vendors who might be charging you monthly and you can strike up a deal with them and get a whole year or six months paid in advance and save a lot of money. We were shopping for a new CRM company, which is a fancy term for basically a place that's going to house all your emails and you can send emails to your customers and let them know about, you know, special deals or give them new content or whatever's going on in your business. So this company quoted us for the size of our list that they were going to charge us $3,000 for the month to, you know, be our new CRM. I was like, okay, great. Let's test them out. So it turned out is that they were awesome. They were excellent. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on. And I just assumed that, okay, it's $3,000 a month. Let's sign the deal. It really wasn't a sign the deal type of thing. It was just a month to month thing. So then the next month we got charged 3,000. And the next month we got charged 3,000. So if we kept on doing this, 
it was going to cost us $36,000 for the whole year. And I was like, that seems really, really high to pay for a CRM, $36,000, because we've had them in the past and they weren't that high. So I reached out to our manager who set up the account and I was like, hey, we really like you guys, but I mean, $3,000 a month is, I understand that was the test month price, but I would like to negotiate paying you guys for 12 months up front. Is there a way that we can work out a deal? And they're like, yes, we have that option. But of course you're like, well, why weren't they up front? Well, you know, they have a lot of customers and clients too. They don't know when you're going to stop their business. You never really told them. I never really told them that, you know, that loved their service and we wanted to, you know, commit to 12 months. So they came back and that price for 12 months was cut in half. So the price was cut in half. Yes, they were going to charge us $3,000 a month, but because I signed a 12-month deal, it went down to $1,500 a month. Yeah, of course, I had to pay $15,000 up front for that, but think about that. I just saved myself, the company, our family, $21,000 with just a couple of emails and one phone call and a signed contract. Now, we've been with that company. I just signed the new deal right? I just signed the new deal for the second year, same exact price, nothing went up, $15,000. So I just saved another $21,000 just by catching that mistake. So that's an example of making sure that you take a season of savings and go through that credit card, go through that bank statement, look for those reoccurring payments, those subscriptions, and then also check out the vendors where you might be able to reach out to them and make a deal, six months, 12 months, whatever it might be to save some money. Tip number two, I want you to sit down with your spouse, or if you don't have a spouse, you can do this individually, but I want you to make a commitment to yourself for 12 months. I want you to make a commitment to yourself for 12 months that at the end of every month, you are going to invest five to 15%. Yes, that's five to 15%. So you can pick a number. You can pick 11%. You can pick 9%, whatever you feel comfortable with, but make it between five and 15% that you're going to invest. And that money is before taxes. So for instance, if you make $10,000 a month, I want you to pick a number where you are comfortable with taking $10,000 and times that by five six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15%. And whatever that number is to you, I want you to set that aside for investing. The reason why this is so important that you do this monthly is because it starts a habit and it starts a good positive habit for your investment, retirement portfolio, and it's going to make your money grow faster. It's a commitment so you might have to cut back on a couple things. You might not be able to go out to dinner as much. You might not be able to enjoy two or three Starbucks a week. Whatever it might be, you know your budget, but I want you to do that and I want you to do it before the taxes come out. And I want you also to write down, because this is going to get you really excited, right? Because right now you're like going, wow, 5 to 15%. How am I going to pull that off and still be able to do all the things that I want to do the next month? But I want you to go, Dave Ramsey, 
has this amazing feature. It's called the investing calculator. Write that down. So after this podcast, I want you to go to Dave Ramsey's site and I want you to find his investing calculator. In fact, I've already done it. I've already pulled up the investing calculator on his site because I want you guys to get excited and I want to play around a little bit. So I have my laptop open. And when you do this, you could pause the podcast and go get your laptop. And you know, if you're doing this at home and you could open up Dave Ramsey and go to his investing calculator. And so I'm just going to play around with this, but once you see it, you can customize it any way you want. So I'm going to put in right now my current age, which is 48 years old. That's the first thing. So there's not a lot of things that you have to know. So here's 48 years old, right? Then the next um, box that you're going to enter is enter the age you plan to retire. So let's just say it's 65. I'm just going to put 65 just for hypothetical purpose. Now, this is going to get really crazy for those of you that are listening and you're in your 20s or your 30s. When you do this investing calculator, you'll see how your money can grow. So then how much have you saved so far for retirement? So you could have that. So if you have like a 401k or if you have anything that you've already invested, you know, maybe, you know, you have 10 or 15,000, 20,000, whatever you have, you already have that in your retirement. I'm just going to put right now that like I'm starting out at zero. Like I have no money in my retirement right now. And then how much will you contribute monthly? So let's just say hypothetically, I make $120,000 a year and I'm going to do um, 9%. So I am going to invest 10800 right, annually. So I'm going to divide that by 12. So I'm going to do $900 a month. So once I get that, then what do you think the annual return will be on your money? I'm going to put 7%. It's very conservative. It's a good number. It's not too low. It's not too high. But every year you do better than that, you know, you're going to make a little bit more money. You might do a little worse than that some years, but let's just average it out that it's going to be seven. So basically, I have the next 18 years, I'm going to invest $900 a month. And that's also saying that I'm not going to make any more money over the next 18 years. So every year that you make more money, your percent, and you can always adjust your percent. You don't have to like lock in 9% monthly before taxes. You could do eight and you're like, I'm doing good. I have extra money. I'm going to go up to 11%. So just play with it, but we're just doing this just to see. And I'm going to go 7%. You just hit calculation. So we're just talking like five or six numbers. And if I were to do that, my result in 17 years would be $356,000 that I would have as a result of that. Now, my contributions would be $184,000. That's how much money that I would have put in. And my growth would have been $172,000. So just by doing that, putting in $900 a month, you can see that you can already start generating savings. Now, I'm starting at zero. I'm 48 years old. So now let's just say hypothetically, I started this when I was, let's say, 35 years old, right? And I still didn't have anything. I'm starting from scratch. I want to retire at 65. I'm going to put $900 in a month and it's going to get 7%. Holy cow. Over a million dollars as a result of that. I would have contributed $324,000 and 
my growth would have been $767,000. Is that crazy? And you can do this. You can put in the numbers, whatever age you are, whatever number you want to retire, you know, whatever you've saved for retirement, what your monthly contribution could be. And what this is, this is called compound interest. This is when you're always putting money to work. This is what happens. So if you just wait till the end of the year and do it, it's okay, but it's just so much better to get it in the habit of doing it once a month. Let your money work. And if you don't believe me, go to Dave Ramsey, very well known, and check out his investing calculator. That's tip number two. Tip number three, I like to call this set it and forget it. We have already done tip number two. We've got our money. We're going to do five to 15% before taxes, and we're going to invest it monthly. Now, if you're a new investor, you don't have any portfolio, you're just starting out with scratch, this tip is for you. And even if you are been investing for years and you don't have something like this, I would be shocked, but I want you to go back and I want you to reallocate some funds so that you are structured properly. And what set it and forget it is, is I want you to go and pick an S&P index fund. Now, Vanguard has some great ones. They're low price. And what that means is, and I don't want to get too complicated here, is a good index fund is going to, a good highly rated index fund is going to have what they call a bundle of stocks. So you are going to own like maybe 40, 50 stocks in the stock market and across every single industry like they call it sectors so you're going to have stocks in technology you're going to have stocks in healthcare you're going to have stocks in the financial industry you're going to have stocks in like utilities just across every single sector so that this is important now this is why this is so important is because your money in that index fund won't have as many huge spikes and it won't have so many huge falls. So you're going to stay very conservative, which is huge. The importance of not having those huge risks and huge spikes is that your money will be very secure that way. And it will grow over time. And just think about how much money. Now, you could just invest in this and be done. Like If you just wanted to get a couple good index funds and go across the board, that's fine, 100%. Now, if all you do is invest in the index funds and you take funds and you put your monthly savings, you put your monthly money to start working for you in the index fund and watch it grow over time, you're gonna do great. If you don't wanna have the volatility of equities, individual stocks that are going up and down all the time, you can totally just you know, invest your money in these index funds. You can find some good ones. They're rated. Expect you guys to do your homework. You just don't go and pick the very first one that you see. Read about them. Go online. There's this thing called on the internet, it's called Google, and you can put it in there. And you can read about like how they've done over the last five to 10 years, what their rating is. I think you're going to be pretty successful if you go with an S&P index fund from Vanguard. There's tons of them, tons to choose from. You can even look to see what stocks that are in their basket that they have all in their bundle. So that's a great way to go, especially for those of you that don't want that volatility of owning individual stocks and equities. Now, 
For those of you that reach a certain point, and I think that you probably should put at least the first ten to $25,000 that you're going to invest into one of these funds. But after that, if you want to dabble in some stocks and you want to pick some stocks, my advice is that you take your first ten dollars to $25,000 and invest in the S&P index fund like we just talked about. After that, if you want to start doing some equities and some individual stocks, feel free. My tip number four is going to give you some advice about that. If you're like, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm a new investor and I really like the way this is conservative and the way this is growing. Feel free to keep investing in the S&P index fund. It's a great way to go as well. Tip number four, let's pick some stocks. We're not going to sit here and we're not going to have a debate on like what stocks to pick and, and everybody has their own opinion about stocks, but I'm going to give you my advice on how to pick a good stock that you're not going to see like crazy spikes and they're not risky. It's not like taking a gamble. It's not like I'm picking some penny stock or some company that just started out and you're hoping it doubles or something like that. Let's not do that. This is your retirement. So let's pick some stocks that have been around forever. How about like Disney, right? They're not going anywhere. How about Apple? How about Facebook? How about Amazon? How about Google? There's just tons of them, right? How about like American Express? How about Visa? How about Johnson and Johnson? You know, so there's tons of stocks, right? So you can go around and look in your home. How about one that you can see? How about I drive by a Walmart and I go, oh my gosh, there's so many people at Walmart all the time, right? We should invest in Walmart. So duh, we invest in Walmart. So my advice to you, tip number one, is to pick stocks that you see around you all the time. It's a good chance that they're probably a pretty good company. Number two is I don't want you to pick too many stocks. Let's start off with just you know five or 10 quality stocks and see how they're doing. Remember, you still have your index fund and probably some of the stocks that you're gonna pick for individual are in that index fund too. So we don't need to pick a bunch. Just, you know, between whatever you feel comfortable with, because you, you still need to do your homework and you need to read about them, but like five to 10 good quality stocks. And three is when you can pick a stock that has a dividend. I'm not going to get into like what a dividend is, but it's basically when you own that stock, not every stock pays you to own it, but they basically pay you money quarterly to own their stock. And it's not a huge amount, but it's enough that if you reinvest it, just think about that. So now you have money coming in from tip number one, you're taking five to 15% of your gross and reinvesting that monthly. And then all of a sudden, you know, every quarter you're getting money from those stocks that you own. And instead of taking that money, just reinvest it and buy more shares of that stock. So let's just say hypothetically you own Disney and at the end of the quarter, they give you $50 as a dividend. You just take that $50 and you buy how much whatever stock you can get for $50, you just reinvest it back into Disney or you reinvest it back into whatever company that has the dividend, reinvest it. Not every company has a dividend, but I want you to try to pick stocks you know, that have a dividend and just reinvest it. It's just a setting that just, I don't want to take the money. It's not going to be put into cash. I'm just going to put it and reinvest it in that company. You could, if you wanted to, you could take your dividends and 
move it into your cash portfolio to buy another stock or whatever, you could do that as well too. But just make sure that you're not taking it out and spending it on a vacation or anything like that, that you're reinvesting that money because that's going to compound, right? It's going to compound over time and it's going to make your money grow even more. Got that? Lastly, make sure you are diversified. Don't go pick five to 10 stocks that are all in the same sector. Like don't go pick five technology stocks and then all of a sudden you wake up on Tuesday and the technology industry is like in a free fall and all your stocks are going down, right? Have a couple in each, right? Have a couple of stocks in each one of the sectors so that if one of the sectors goes down, like you don't have that emotional, like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. And you know, you're like, why did I ever get involved with the stock market? The key is always just think about how I want to grow my money over time. I want to be invested in lots of different stocks. That would be your index fund. So you have this huge basket, this huge bundle. And then when I pick my individual stocks, I want dividends. I want to pick a cross sector so that I never feel like it's like I'm out of control. So my money doesn't go way up, way down. It just kind of stays even and it's just going to grow and grow over time. So let's move to tip number five. Tip number five, I call it taking some profits. And it's important to know that we're taking profits not to spend it on a car, a trip, or anything like that, we're going to reinvest that money eventually back into the market, back into our investment portfolio so we can make our money grow. Remember, that's the name of this podcast is making our money grow. This rule only applies to your individual stocks. So if you're just going to keep your money in your index fund, then you don't really need to listen to this. But just in case you always have this, in case you have those five to 10 stocks or, or whatever it may be. And let's say your stock has a great run whatever over time. It could be three months, it could be six months, it could be a year, whatever it may be. And it goes up 50%, right? So whatever you invested, you look at your portfolio and it says that stock is up 50%. What I want you to do is I want you to take 25% of those profits, not 25% of the overall investment. I want you to take 25% of those profits and I want you to put it into your cash portfolio for reinvesting in maybe another stock Maybe you're at seven or eight stocks and you're like, wow, this is going to give me the ability to buy some into some more stocks. So you have your individual stocks. And what I want you to do is there's going to be some times where sometimes those stocks are doing really well. They might have a nice run over three or six or nine months. But when that stock hits a 50% profit, like so it's made you 50% of the money. It really tells you right in your whatever, whether you're using E-Trade or you're using Merrill Lynch or any kind of service like that. When you look at your statement and online, it's going to tell you what percentage your money is up. And when you hit 50%, I want you to take 25% profit. I want you to take 25% profit and I want you to put it into your cash. And what you're going to do with that is you're going to just reinvest it. You might put more money into your S&P index fund. You might purchase another stock that you've had your eye on. Maybe you're like, wow, I've been really reading about this company and they got a great dividend and they're doing a lot of good things and you know they're not going anywhere. So you take that money you and reinvest it into that company. Then the second phase is your money doubles. It goes up 100%. That means you put in 5,000 and now it's at 10,000, right? So at that point, I want you to take 50% of your profits. So now 
I've gone up 100%. I'm going to take 50% of my profits. I'm going to put it into cash and do the same exact thing. I'm going to buy a new stock. I'm going to reinvest the money back into my portfolio. I might even put a little bit in the index fund. But remember, you're still adding monthly, right? You're still adding monthly. Tip number two, 5 to 15% of your monthly income before taxes is going into the market and you know, if your stocks start doing well, you can see how this can really start to accumulate wealth over time. And we're not talking about doing this for like one year or two years. We're talking about depending on your age, you could be doing this for the next 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, you really can start off really slow and you can see how it grows and grows and grows. And I really encourage you to go to Dave Ramsey's site and just check out that investing calculator. You'll be there for 20 to 30 minutes because you're going to start playing around with the numbers. You're going to start going, well, wow, what if I put in 8% of my thing versus 5%? Look what happens over time. And you're like, and that's just a few hundred dollars because a compound interest over time is just going to absolutely crush, right? So that was tip number five. On to tip number six. Tip number six is very, very simple. What I want you to do is I want you to, once you get to, you're a six-figure investor. So that means you have $100,000 or more invested. You don't have to have $100,000 invested right now. I'm not saying that. I'm saying once you get to that point, I'm pretty comfortable that you can use the strategies that I listed in one to five to build your wealth to $100,000 if you aren't there already. If you're there already and you don't have a financial advisor, right? There's tons of them out there. My advice to you is if you've invested six figures. So if you're over $100,000 invested, that you get yourself a good financial advisor. They're easy to find. And I don't want you to pick the guy at the strip mall or your cousin's friend or whatever that might be. I want you to go with a big institution like a Merrill Lynch, Goldman Sachs. There's tons of them out there, right? You might already be doing that, but I highly advise you not doing it with like friends or even a relative. Like, it's like, you know, well, my brother-in-law, he's great at investing money and you're get, it's just not the right place for it to be. And you're just way more secure when you go with those big financial institutions. And you might have to pay a little bit more on the fees or something, but over time, you'll be fine. Alongside that, once you start getting a lot of wealth, I suggest, Shalene and I have this as one of our policies, is that we actually have two financial advisors. Why? Because two breeds competition, meaning that, and they know about each other. So for instance, if that monthly income that we are investing on a monthly basis between five and 15% is going to the financial advisor that is engaged, somebody who is thinking about our retirement, not just thinking about us as a number or how much money we have to invest with him, but he's really thinking about strategies for us and he's making our money grow. That's who we're going to give our money to. And the reason why this is successful is because the financial advisor does better. His company does better when they have more money of yours to invest. That's the bottom line. Competition is good. Get yourself to a financial advisor. Now, do you need two financial advisors if you're just starting out and you're first, you know, you're just buying an index fund? No. And you can always transfer these things over. You could go over to like one of those like E-Trade or anything like that and just get yourself set up on E-Trade. And then eventually that's what Brock is. That's what my son is. That's what I advised him when he turned 18 is like, you need to start investing now. 
And that's what he did. He opened an E-Trade account. His first, he had $10,000 to invest. And I think he put it all into a index fund. And then he puts a little bit of money in every single month. And then he just buys stocks. I think he owns five stocks across all sectors. So this is exactly what I'm telling my 21-year-old son to do. I think he started when he was 19 doing this. So, I mean, it's a sound way to invest. I'm not saying that if you're just starting out, you need to go get two financial advisors and say, okay, you two guys fight over my X amount of money. But, you know, I'm talking about once you're already in that six figure range. Remember, I started this tip off by saying, hey, if you're at the six figure mark, you really need to get a financial advisor. And maybe you give that first $100,000 to invest to one financial advisor and you start growing another portfolio. They could be similar, but the strategy is always going to change. That's the key to remember. As you get older, the strategy of your investing is going to change. Obviously, the younger you are and the younger you start investing, like for instance, my son, who is 20, started investing about 18 months ago, he can be really, really aggressive. He's using these strategies, but he doesn't have a lot of expenses right now. He's a college student. I know that he's probably doing the 15% right now investing and more power to them. And, you know, when you're younger, you might want to do that 15%. But then as you get a family and kids start coming in, you might have to dial that 15% down to seven or eight, maybe even five. And it can fluctuate. It doesn't have to be the same amount every single month. It just has to be between five and 15. And it has to be a habit and it can't be skipped. And you got to do it because when you do it month after month after month, The compound interest is insane. And like, again, I think it's the third time I've mentioned it to you. Go have fun on Dave Ramsey's site. Just click on the investing calculator and have a blast. Now, I promised you a bonus. So you got your six tips. Let's just review the six tips really quickly. Just number one, I want a season of savings. Number two, I want to invest five to 15% before tax money, right? Make your money grow, right? Making your money grow. Tip number three, I want you to take your first money that you're going to invest, get a great S&P index fund like a Vanguard, and that's where you're going to invest. And remember, that's the bundle of stocks that you're going to own, and it's not going to be so risky. Tip number four is I want you to pick five to 10 stocks. I don't want you to go crazy and pick like 400 stocks, right? You also aren't a financial advisor just like me. So let's just pick companies that we know, right? That's tip number four. Tip number five is let's take some profits. So remember the, you know, if your stock goes up 50%, take 25% off. If your stock goes up 100%, take 50% off. And we're not taking it for a vacation. We are definitely reinvesting that money, right? And tip number six is once we've been established and we have enough money, let's get ourselves two financial advisors. So let's move on to the bonus, right? And all the bonuses is that, I've already talked about some of these stocks, but let's say, for instance, you already have your index fund, you've already have some retirement, and maybe you own some stocks. I'm just going to give you some stocks that Shalene and I both own. Shalene and I think that are great stocks because a lot of them, not all of them, but most of these stocks we see every day, we use every day. So here we go. So the first stock that I think you should own is Apple. I think that Visa is a great stock. I think if you want to go with like a healthcare stock, I think Pfizer, I think Johnson & Johnson is a great stock. 
United Health Group is a great stock. Some financial ones that we like, JP Morgan and Bank of America. That's the bank that we bank at. I think that you can't drive anywhere within a five or six mile radius without seeing a Starbucks or a Walmart. So I think those are two great companies to invest in. Disney is a long lasting company with a great dividend. And so I think Disney is a great stock to look at. And you could also pick something that probably most of Shaleen's followers might wear and you might want to pick some Nike shoes. So those are a list of some stocks that you know you can look at. You don't have to pick all of them at once. You can do your research and go, wow, I really like some of those stocks. And that might be um, some of your first five to 10 that you choose. Most of the ones that I just read have some dividends so that you can reinvest that money. And I really appreciate you spending time with me because this is as important as anything. And if you have kids, and they're old enough to listen to this, pass this along to them because the younger you start, the better it's going to be and get into those habits of putting away money monthly, every single month. Don't try and time the stock market. Just get in the habit, five to 15% away every single month, invest in the market, get yourself a good index fund and have a blast seeing your money grow and it's going to make you feel so good. I guarantee you there's like... There's something to be said at the end of the year when you can look back in January and go, this is what I had and look what I have now. It's just, you're giving your family security and you're also, if you have kids, you can teach your kids the importance of this. And it's irresponsible if you are just flying by the seat of your pants and you know hoping when you retire, there's going to be money there or whatever it is. So Take it upon yourself to do a little homework. You've already listened to this podcast. These are just some basic tips. You know, once you get excited about it, you, you know, you'll start watching some shows and, you know, maybe DVR and some money shows if they're on during, you know, your work hours and coming back and like really listening to, you know, what people are saying and like paying attention to the market and what happens and, you know, let your money grow. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.